All right, I think we can all agree that every new investor struggles with the same issues. They're out there talking to motivated sellers, they're finding deals, but they're unsure of how to comp these properties and how to determine what they are worth or what the ARV is. There's a tremendous amount of anxiety trying to figure out how to find the after repair values. Now, we all know that in order to make a great offer on a property, you have to start with the end in mind, meaning you really should know the ARV or the after repair value of the property before you can discount it and subtract your repairs and or wholesale fee to get your perfect offer amount. Well, if you're like me and you're not a licensed real estate agent, it's difficult to get access to your local MLS without asking your agent or bugging your buddies who are licensed all the time to run those comps for you and generate those estimated values. Well, not to worry. There's a company out there that can grant you MLS access to view and comp properties nationwide. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps, and you can even get a free 14-day trial to test it out for yourself. Now, not only can you use this company to get comps and generate ARVs for these deals that you're finding, but you can also use it to help you find out how much the property owner owes on the property so you're not overpaying. Did I mention that you can use this company to also pull lists of motivated sellers? When I do marketing, I'm looking for vacants, absentee owners, high equity, pre-foreclosure, and many, many more reasons that the owner might be motivated. These guys can help you generate these lists so you can market them accordingly. I like, the, I like to mail them and also skip trace them so my team can call or text them. Again, if you're having problems getting comps, I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps to get access to a 14-day free trial so you can run your own MLS comps and even use this company to pull your own list of motivated sellers. I use them to run my comps and to pull my list. If you're not using them, you are absolutely missing out. So check them out today dpipodcast.com forward slash comps for more information. Welcome back to season two of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Your host, David Dodge, co-host. Mike Slane. Welcome, guys. Hey, buddy. Good morning. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm good. good. I'm doing good. Good. We always say morning, you know? It doesn't really matter what time it is. That's true. Good morning. We know most good of you guys afternoon. are probably listening when, on your way to work, on your way to the gym, maybe you're on the treadmill. I know that's when I like to listen to my podcasts and audiobooks. So good morning, guys. Hopefully, it's a good day for you guys. It's a great day, great day here at uh, the Discount Property Investor Office. Uh, we just went through our 
third quarter rocks mm -hmm. and we crushed it on our rental goals and or I'm sorry our second quarter rocks and we're looking to crush it in third quarter too and we are doing exactly what we're going to be talking about today which is purchasing rentals love purchasing rentals we do we love it so we've been wholesaling a long time that is our um, our intro to real estate investing for most people out there we think it's the best way to get started we've got a whole free course on it freewholesalecourse.com you can check that out and uh, again, this is kind of step two. Phase two for us is acquiring rentals, and we decided to do it together as a company because it's just kind of more fun. We like we like playing with real estate together, and uh, we're buying rentals. So today, and to scale, if you want to scale to a number that's maximum, you know, that's a big big number. Yeah. You, it, doing it on your own, you're, it's going to be difficult to acquire more than five to ten at a year. But we can maybe acquire you know ten a quarter with uh, the efforts of the team. So it's it's pretty awesome. So today we're going to be talking about Funding your purchase. So you do marketing to get the cash or get the motivated sellers to contact you. You keep the best and sell the rest. That's what we do in our company. So we wholesale off the deals that we don't want to keep. But the best deals that we get from off market, we keep. Okay, And we're going to get those at a significant discount, which is really the very, very first foundation of the burst strategy if you're not buying at a discount it's very difficult to increase the value of the property enough just from the rehab to get there it's possible but it's it's not likely so buying at a discount is important i love it i love it Isn't and yeah no david buy buy the best keep the rest that's a great little motto too uh, but to any of our buyers that are listening or whatever that's not necessarily always the case because what our metrics are aren't necessarily what someone else's metrics are. Oh, yeah. You know, like the Agreed. best for us is one area, you know, oh, yeah. or another area. Whereas the best for you would be like, why are you giving that one up? You'd be like, well, it's because we've got enough in our areas that we're buying that these are the rest. Yeah, but in, either way, pick your best area. Yes. And then just the model works the same. Keep the best ones 100%. and sell the rest. Wholesale them off. Keep the best ones. So when you keep the best ones, what does that mean? That means you have to buy that property and start the process of, of fixing it up, getting an occupancy inspection, um, getting it rented, and then taking it to a bank to do a refinance on it, all right? That's the process. So step one in this process, finding the deal. Step two, buying it, funding it. Mm -hmm. So how do we fund those deals? Mike, tell us a couple ways that we can use to actually fund the deal once we say, all right, this is one of the best ones, we're keeping it. Sure, I think we should, uh, let's kind of start in the simplest uh, way to buy and kind of go down to the most complicated. I like that idea. Uh, or, you know, the most uh, most difficult, I would say, almost. There you go. So the easiest way to buy a property is with cash. So as a wholesaler, you're usually saying, I'm a cash buyer, I'm going to close quickly. And that's true because you're going to find a cash buyer to partner with to buy that deal. So cash is the easiest way for your cash initial purchase. Cash is king. There's the least amount of <laughs> obstacles. Uh, you don't have to deal with the lender slowing things down. You don't have to get the appraisal up front, uh, all sorts of things. So you're thinking to yourself, if you're new to this, well, shoot, I don't have that much cash. Well, then you got to go back, check out that free wholesale course, and do some wholesaling Smile. and stockpile <laughs> that cash. So you're going to stockpile it. that cash mm -hmm. uh, to be able to buy your first rental. And rentals don't have to be $100,000 rentals all the time. We buy tons of properties that are five, 10, 15, 20, mm -hmm. 
and they make decent rentals. Mm -hmm. Again, it just depends on what your metrics are and where you are at in your real estate investing career. So cash is the easiest way to fund your purchase uh, as far as, um, you know, difficulty. As difficulty and quickness um, and fees too. It's going to be cheaper to use cash at the end of the day than it will be to go a different route. So the next easiest route um, would be... We can switch that, yeah. I, mean, I would say private money. Yeah, let's talk about that. Private money, and we're calling this like a one-to-one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, so what does that mean? Now, that just means that you contact somebody that has money, and they lend you the money to buy it, and then they put um, a lien on that property so they can secure their investment with that real estate, but you own it. And you just, owe, you just owe them money and pay them an interest rate. And that could be any way you decide to work with that individual. That's between you and them. But it's just a private loan. So they fund it, you provide it and work on it, and everybody wins. Mm-hmm. And so there's a few things with private lending. And we're going to talk about private lending again here in another one. Uh, private lending, when you're doing like one-offs like this, is a little bit easier to do than if you're kind of pooling funds for multiple people. You really don't want to do that unless you know what you're doing, and we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, it's much better to find one lender for one deal uh, to fund a property for you so that you can purchase and rehab it. So real briefly, we'll kind of touch on where do you find private lenders? So, And who's a private lender? Well, private lender is, again, that's like the fancy word for it. I mean, just think of it as mom, dad, aunt, uncle, rich, rich uh, cousin, whoever it is. If you know someone with money, you ask them to borrow it. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people have uh, retirement accounts. A lot of people have hundreds of thousands of dollars in those accounts, and they may be making anywhere from two to six percent on that money, and that's just a slow way to grow your money. So you can offer them eight, ten, twelve, some cases even fourteen percent to borrow that money, and that money is secured by real estate. So it's it's not a hundred percent risk free by any means. But it's not just a loan. They're actually getting something in return for the loan um, as collateral. So it reduces your risk significantly. It does. But this, again, Dave said, you know, cash was the cheapest. So this one is probably one of the more expensive ways to borrow money. That's correct. So this one uh, is going to cost you, again, we pay between 10 and 12 percent. Uh, depending on the lender. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of, a, I think the typical going rates is about 10 to 12% on mm-hmm. the money. So it's about, you figure 1% per month. So if you borrowed $50,000, that's $500 every month you're gonna have to pay just to keep borrowing that money until you're able to refinance that property. So this is one of those things where I'm gonna reiterate again, you gotta know your numbers when you're doing the burst strategy. You have to know what your holding costs are gonna be. Am I gonna hold this for six months? Mm-hmm. Well, then on that $50,000 loan, I'm gonna to have to calculate you know, six months worth of holding, $3,000. So again, you've gotta know your numbers. Uh, private one-to-one, again, pretty easy way to do it. The, Love it. The next one that I would say Uh, as far as difficulty would be just a traditional mortgage or a bank loan. Uh, And that one, if you... Well, but line of credit. If you have a personal one... I think that's more complicated, though. You have to set that up. We have to set it up. Okay, I like that. Okay, let's go with... So so traditional bank loan, you know, where you you go out and uh, you find a property, then you talk to a mortgage broker or a bank and say, hey, I'd like to buy this house. Uh, They send you through underwriting and they approve you to purchase the house. Now, this one, you're probably going to have to come up with 10 to... 20% typically. 10 to 20% down. Um, Then you're also going to have to have your rehab dollars so that you can rehab that property as well. Uh, You can find some banks that are willing to lend the rehab dollars as well. Uh, I just want to make that plan clear to the bank up front what you're doing 
so that they know and again so that everybody's on the same page right so you know what you're doing yep w-2 jobs help definitely get bank loans unless you have two to three years of a business return um so it might be difficult to get a bank loan if you don't have a job yeah so i I highly recommend if you're currently working in a job and you have a w-2 and that's the way you filed your taxes in the past couple years keep that w-2 until you are earning a decent amount of money from your rentals so that you'd be able to support additional loans at that point because it's just it's very important to be bankable Mm -hmm. okay so then the next one is what i would say i think it's a little harder uh, is the R-Lock, Dave. You want to talk a little bit about R-Locks? Or, yeah, uh, so a, a revolving credits. line of credit is something that you can get uh, through your personal name or you can get one for a business, okay? It doesn't really matter. Uh, Mike said uh, earlier that it has it's a little bit more of a progress to set up than a bank loan. That's correct the first time. But after you set this up, it, um, you can draw from this line and pay it back, draw from this line and pay it back by just walking in the banking center. So it's really, really cool, and it's a great tool to fund your purchase. That's what this episode's about. Uh, the process of setting up an R-Lock is, is pretty simple, but essentially you are going to put up collateral. That can be in the form of cash, it can be a CD, um, it can be real estate, or it can be stock. And there's probably a couple other things, but basically what's gonna happen is the bank is gonna look at how much of these assets you control and how much debt you have on them, and that's what we call equity. And then they're gonna multiply that by like 50% or 60% or sometimes 70%, and they're gonna let you borrow against those. So those assets are gonna be essentially tied up or frozen, you can't sell them, but you can borrow against those. So the benefit to to this is, as your Burr strategy progresses, you can start pulling equity from other assets that you've owned for a long time, and you can collect a return in two ways. One, on the initial asset itself with the cash flow, but two, you can borrow against that to acquire more. Very powerful tool and it's an advanced strategy, so let's not dive too deep, but setting up a a revolving line of credit with assets, cash, stock, or anything that you have of value with a bank is another way to fund that purchase. Yeah, and that again, so this one's not for everyone. You have to have some assets or equity in properties right. to be able to set this up, but it is a it is once it's a you, tool. And once you get it set up, it's super easy to use. And it's one of the best tools that we have. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's way more ways to buy houses, guys. So funding your purchase, we talked about cash, we talked about private money loans one to one. We talked about the bank loan, which is just a traditional mortgage. Next, we just talked about the revolving line of credit. There's still more ways to do this, guys. There's still more. So next, Mike, we talk a little bit about maybe a private equity fund. Okay, so this one is above my pay grade. I'll be 100% honest, because we've not done this. We have not uh, done this as a company. Uh, we looked into it, and it was just- uh, We have seemed, friends who do a lot yeah, of it. Yeah, it was kind of complicated. Uh, so what it is, a private equity fund is when you go out and you say, uh, I am trying to raise money, I'm trying to raise X amount of money so that I can do this with it. From multiple people is so, the key point there. Right, so you, you are gonna approach multiple people, mm-hmm. take their money, and again, there's some big thing with like pooling. You're not, I don't think you're supposed to call it pooling or I don't know what it is. Well, you the have SC- to have a fund in order to, to pool it. Yeah, so the security is- You can do it, many private one-to-one loans with people all day, but when you start mixing these people's money together to buy a, uh, an asset, it muddies the water for litigation. 
Therefore, you have to fund it into a fund that everybody owns a share of, and the fund owns that asset versus me owning 42% and you owning the difference. It's the fund owns 100%. Right. That's how that works. Right. Correct. So this is, again, we have uh, actually built a course on this called Savvy Leverage. Great course. You can find it at uh, Discount Property Investor University. Uh, we partnered with our buddy, uh, Dan Gibson. Mm-hmm. And he is the guy that uh, Dave was mentioning. He, he does, does this all does the time. Great. He's got m- multiple million dollar funds and does a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd definitely be able to connect you with him. But again, check out that course if you want to dive into that a little bit deeper. Right. Um, so private money, equity fund. We got a course on it. It's thi- a good one. Yeah. One more thing I want to say about that is I know that it's under a million. You can fly a little bit safer uh, under the SEC versus over a million dollars. Yeah, there's a big difference there too. So That's a good point. it's different types of funds and there's different regulations. So typically think of under a million. Uh, it's probably it's going to be, be a little bit easier. I don't even think you need to, well, I'm not going to yeah. die. I, I, again, it's, it's a whole thing. And again, you definitely need to educate yourself. Like I said, I'm not an expert on it, but it is a way that you can generate or um, you know pool funds so that you can purchase properties. So mm-hmm. very, very cool. Uh, the next one is uh, subject two. Subject two. So I've done a couple subject two deals. And subject two is an interesting way to buy property. We did this with Dawes, Mike. Mm-hmm. I did this with my Floridale house. We've done this a couple times. We've, we've even wholesaled some subject twos to uh, Jimmy and Bob at some point down the, in the past. Mm-hmm. But subject two is a way to acquire a property subject to the existing mortgage. So the name subject two is just a, a shortened phrase for buying a property with the existing mortgage in place. So how does this work? Well, it's very simple. You just have to get a seller that is motivated enough to basically let you take over their payments. Additionally, you have to convince them or show them that you are trustworthy enough, hopefully the latter, that you will make these payments and not stop because stopping making payments will screw up the credit and the house could be lost by both parties. So you take over these payments with an agreement to close out that loan or pay it off in a certain time frame down the road. That could be three years, that could be five years, it could be any number of years that you and the seller agree. So why would somebody buy a property subject to, A, they may not have any money at all, and they come across a property at a great deal and the seller just wants to not have to pay the mortgage anymore. They're willing to walk away from equity in um, or tra- you know trading that for convenience. Right. So somebody else comes in, makes the payments, they get it rented out, they rent it out for fifteen hundred a month. The payments are a thousand. They make five hundred bucks a month. So subject two is one of the ways that you're going to be having to talk directly to the seller. So this is not one you'd be able to. I mean, most likely not one you're going to pick up off the MLS. You're nine times out of ten, I'd say point. maybe ninety nine out of a hundred. You're this is one where you're talking to the seller, you're dealing with the seller. And this directly. is where your wholesale marketing really comes into play because if you aren't having motivated sellers or off market you know, property owners contacting you to sell you their property, this is gonna, you're not gonna come across these type of deals. You need to mm-hmm. find that motivation to get these done. But they can yeah. be great deals. People make a lot of money on these deals. We have a friend we did an episode with, Jeff oh, Kaufman, yeah. did a great episode with Jeff um, about it. And he, he uses the subject two strategy to flip properties. So he'll buy properties or start making payments for people that have a property with some equity and then he'll go in and spend his own money rehabbing the unit, increasing the value. So if he spends, let's say, ten grand fixing it up, uh, in theory, the value of the property increased by 20 or 25. And then he'll sell it, pay off the loan, 
and make the spread of you know 10, 15, 20K. So it's a very interesting strategy. Um, but again, it's just subject to, you're buying the property subject to the existing mortgage. So also in that same realm of having to talk with the seller about negotiating on ways to purchase it, there's another way to do this, and it's called seller carryback. Mike, tell us about seller carryback. So seller carryback is very similar to subject two. You're going to be dealing with the seller, like Dave said. You're going to be working directly with them. And in this case, they may have um, the property free and clear. They may not have a loan on it. And they may be willing to, again, if you say, oh, I'll buy it for 10000 and they say, no, I want 20000 Well, you say, well, listen, I can't do 20000 I could do 10000 I could do this 20,000 though, if you're willing to finance it for me, and that might appeal to them. So basically you're using the seller as the lender on the property. So you create a note with them and they finance the property for you. That's the easiest way I, I kind of um, look at the seller carry back is they are the banker now and they've agreed to finance the property for you. So you're gonna so make payments to them each month Correct. Instead of the bank. So there are advantages to this strategy from both the buyer and the seller side. Of course, for the buyer, um, you are getting a loan from the seller. You're not having to go to a private lender. You're not having to go to a bank. You're not having to create a, a, a revolving line of credit or use your own cash. You're getting a loan from the seller. What would be the benefit to the seller? Well, there's multiple here, guys. Think of it creatively. Think of it this way. If a seller is willing to sell a house to you at market price or near market price, even though they have to give you a loan on it, they're gonna make more in the long run, okay? That's one advantage. Another advantage is people that have owned these houses that you are buying, um, that have owned them for a very long time and they've depreciated these houses on their taxes down to zero, are gonna have to pay a major tax bill when they get paid. So if they loan you the money over a longer period of time, it actually reduces their taxable income. So there's there's actually advantages to doing a seller carryback that sometimes will be very favorable by these motivated sellers. So do some research on, on a seller carryback. I'm sure we have an episode or two from some individuals that have done some. I've, I've done some uh, as well. And great ways to go about funding your purchase. All right, next I would say, you know, I wouldn't say last but not least because there's probably a hundred other ways to fund your sure. purchase. Yeah, sure. But the one that we really wanted to talk about, which is obviously a more common strategy, is lease option. So you can buy a property with a lease option or you can sell a property with a lease option. We've done both. So what does that mean? What is a lease option? A lease option is where you lease a property from the owner but you have the option to purchase it at a later date, later date for a specified price. And that's just agreed upon by both you and, their, and your seller. If you are selling a property, it's the exact same thing. You, you talk to your buyer, you say, here is a lease agreement for X number of months or years, and I'm gonna give you the option to buy it at this price within this time frame or on or before this date, okay? So there's advantages to doing these. Again, if you're on the buying side, you know, using a lease option to buy is a great way to get into a property with no money because you can essentially use whoever you release it to, it's money to pay the lease plus a spread. And when you're selling, you can you can typically make more money selling that deal because you're giving somebody flexibility. You're not just saying, "Oh no, 
you know, no food for you. The price is twenty thousand. You don't have twenty thousand, go away. It's not that's not your mindset. Instead, it's like, hey, it's twenty grand. If you can pay me six hundred bucks a month for twenty four months, any time within that twenty four month period, I'll let you buy it for twenty grand. Right? So you are giving them the ability to work with you. So lease options are a great strategy. We've done a podcast with Gavin on it, maybe even one with Joe McCall. Um, and there's probably several other um podcasts yeah. out there that we've done personally on the advantages of lease options and how they work. So let's recap, guys. There are tons of ways to go out and fund a deal. One thing I do want to emphasize in this episode is don't let the money stop you. Don't spend six months trying to get somebody to loan you money before you start looking for deals. And the reason is, is because it takes a while to start your deal funnel and you need to be following up and build this. So you don't want to delay. You want to jump straight into that. Okay. Number two, lost my train of thought. Don't let not having money. Oh yeah. Stop you. Deals. Number yeah. two, deals sell themselves. That's what I was getting ready to say. If you find a deal and you go talk to any other investor at a RIA club or you know somebody that's doing hard money and you show them that you have a deal, they will throw their money at you to try to make an interest rate. Money is actually some of the easiest things to get, but you have to have a deal in order to sell that transaction. 100%, and that's again what I, I reiterate the same thing you just said in a little bit different way, is that you need to start wholesaling first. You yeah. need to start your marketing efforts now to find off-market properties, to find motivated sellers, because once you find those deals, you're going to find that money by wholesaling it, meaning you're going to have somebody else and buy it, or you're going to find that money by having somebody else help you fund it. And the property is going to be in your name. It's going to mm -hmm. stay in your name. So again, that wholesaling, that marketing for motivated sellers is one of the most important things you can do in your real estate investing career. Know your numbers, guys. Know your numbers. If you have a deal that has good numbers, funding your purchase should be easy. Shouldn't be a problem. That's all I got for I this it. episode. Mike, anything you want to add? I think we did a great job of covering this one. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.